Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice of a licensed psychologist, therapist, or a psychiatrist. Listener discretion is strongly recommended. Human lives follow many paths, presenting twists and turns and choices never planned nor expected. Temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness all can lead a person to make a decision that cannot be reversed. Facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. These are the voices of women who have chosen to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity, an anonymous and no-judgment podcast created and hosted by me, Rebecca Adams. I was an unfaithful wife. You are not alone. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. This is Rebecca. Hopefully you guys survived one week without a new episode. (laughs) I had decided to take off last week and we did not have a Let's Ponder as I was on a little vacation to Disneyland. So I am back and we are here to start a new story from Lucy. So let's go ahead and just jump on in. Thank you for your podcast. I have been in my affair for over eight months and the feelings of isolation and depression have only grown. I am excited to get my story out to help me emotionally digest it, process it, and hopefully figure out what the next step is. I grew up in a very Midwest Northeast town, a small town and a perfect family. I had great parents and two older sisters. We were well known in the community. My parents were involved with all our activities and we were deeply involved in our church and community. When my teenage sister got pregnant, it pretty much destroyed our family, leading to much depression on every member. I used it as a catalyst to ensure I was able to get out and move away for college. A few months before my sister got pregnant, I had started dating my first boyfriend. Sex at 14 was too young in hindsight, but I was longing for connection and I have always been very sexually curious. Well, once she was pregnant, I feared the same fate and I told him I did not want to have sex anymore. Of course, he left me, but this was okay. I did not date again until college. In college, I dated a few boys casually until I met my first long-term boyfriend. It was a fun relationship with lots of sexual curiosity and exploration. But we ultimately had different goals in life and moved on. I dated more, one abusive relationship and a few really great ones. Each time I just knew they were not the one. I cheated on most of these guys. I never felt that bad about it because they were not going to be my husband. We were dating and I wanted to leave my options open. Plus I never met a man that I felt sexually satisfied me. I was forever seeking this out. At the end of my doctorate program, I was out on the West Coast completing training when I met my husband, Aaron. I forgot to mention that I come from a very homogeneous family in a town where we are all white. I had not ever really been attracted to men like this. 
I always fantasized about dark men of various backgrounds and ethnicities. The men I had dated in college reached every continent in the world except Antarctica. My husband was so pretty. Yes, I meant pretty. He has chocolate milk colored skin and is a mix of African American, Native American, and Spanish. We met at a bar and immediately hit it off. I was only in town for a short time and had nothing to lose, so I went home with him that night. The sex was amazing. Three times. The next day, he took me out on a date and we were together every day for that last week I was in town. He even gave me a key to his condo after two days. I had to move back east to complete coursework for school, but we kept talking every day. After six months and graduating, I moved to the West Coast to be with him. It was a struggle as he was the only one I knew there. I depended on him for everything and he had been living alone for, for 15 years. Plus, I did not have my license yet and could not even get a job for three months, so I really depended on him. Even though I did not work, I never asked for money. I had been smart in school and saved money so that I could live for a few months before getting a job. By month three, I had passed my board exams and got my first job. I knew my next step was to find my own place. If we stayed together any longer in his one-bedroom apartment, we would surely have broken up. After that, the next two years were fine. I was always head over heels for him. Sex was good and occurred only about twice a week. After two years, he wanted to move back to his hometown to be closer to his son. My husband is about 10 years older than me and has a son 10 years younger. At first, I thought I would move back with him because I thought for sure he would propose. I mean, he was 38 and I was a catch. I am tall, not skinny, but very muscular and in shape. At that time, I did fitness competitions. I was excelling in my career and already managing a facility with only a few months' experience. I am witty and all too willing to please people. A comment I always get, still to this day, is that I have a calming, caring demeanor and can relate to anyone. He did not propose, so I did not move. Not at first. He left for the South and I stayed out West. After six months, I missed him. He flew me out and wooed me into moving. Again, I thought for sure he would propose. But once I was there, I was living in a small two-bedroom apartment with one bathroom for a 38-year-old and a 17-year-old, and I was disappointed. I loved him, though. We still went out and had fun, and we had our good sex twice a week, never more. I was sad at the lack of commitment from him and longed to be married. But I decided that I loved him more than that need, and so we bought a house. Actually, that was one of my ultimatum. I could not keep sharing a bathroom. They were gross. Remember, I had sisters. Even when living with four gay men out west, I always had my own bathroom. This was in 2010, and houses were so cheap in the south. Plus, he is a very smart, educated finance man, and this 30-year commitment was as binding as marriage to him. Or, so I convinced my parents. To my surprise, he proposed the day we closed on the house. 
three and a half years into our relationship. Two years later, we were married. Things were fine, sometimes great, sometimes horrible. We fought a lot, but I knew we both loved each other. He was pretty emotionally unavailable and could be cold and cruel with his words. For example, when I told him about my sexual assault that occurred to me in high school, he got pissed and yelled at me for days and nearly hit me. He is not a violent guy and never actually hit me. I was crushed, but he did not know how to handle that hurt. Again, we kept moving forward. We decided to try having kids. I was excited because I had heard so many people having all this amazing baby-making sex. And again, we had good sex twice a week, no more. I asked for more, but was never met with any drive. If I sought it out more often, I was turned down. We got pregnant really easily. I'm not complaining because I saw the struggle of my own sister trying so hard to get pregnant. But for us, one night of good drunk sex on our anniversary and I was pregnant. I remember a fight when we were pregnant and I thought, shit, I am stuck. Up until that point, I always knew I could leave if things went bad, but now I couldn't. I got pregnant again, very easily, and then I ended up pregnant a third time, and then the pandemic hit. Prior to the pandemic, I wanted to go into marriage counseling. We still could not communicate effectively, and we would fight and bicker too often, plus sex was down to once a week. It's a lot with the kids. He agreed to counseling, but after our second session, him and the counselor would yell at each other. I hate confrontation, so this was torture. We went to two sessions like that, and although it was horrible and I was mortified, in a way it brought us closer together. We had a reason to laugh about the audacity of it all. We were home a lot that year. It was stressful. His company had been sold, I changed career paths a bit, and we had two kids in school in which we were homeschooling and a new baby. Sex went down to about twice a month. Now our bodies change with pregnancy. I am in my late 30s with three kids. I work out daily, however, and eat a clean diet. I am not the same size as when I was 25, but I still have a six-pack abs and wear the same size as when we met. He, however, did nothing to take care of his body. He started drinking. Well, not a lot. Not getting drunk, but two beers a day. It was about this time I found the little blue pills. I thought maybe he was going to use them as an enhancement to our sex life. But I never saw a change. We stayed stuck at two or three times a month. It was always the same position for about 20 minutes. I could walk through my house butt naked and he would not even look up from his phone. I felt invisible, not just with sex, but I would talk to him and he would not look up from his phone. I was lost on what to do. Fall of 2021, things in our lives were fine. I had two girls in school and a toddler. We lived in the suburbs in a nice neighborhood with some really great neighbors. One family had moved in in the summer of 2020. Their kids were boys and about the same ages as my younger two. We started adding them to the list of birthday party invites. 
they were a young African-American couple. The husband started stopping over more often, talking with my husband, inviting us out more. Let me add here that since having kids, my husband stopped taking me out, maybe three to four dates a year. With the pandemic, we did not go out at all, so having nice things to do was great, and having new friends to talk to was really nice too. I am a very social person. At this point in time, I still had no intention of cheating on my husband. I love him. Our marriage was okay. Now, my neighbor is fine, like male runway model fine. He is tall, lean, works out, and eats well. His wife doesn't. She let herself go with kids, overeats, and is overweight, much like my husband. He is a go-getter. He owns his own business and has moved ahead in life, hardworking, much like me. One day I got home and he was out washing his car. I had a pair of shoes at my house from his kid and I ran in to go grab them. I walked over to him and gave him the shoes. We talked for a minute. Nothing out of the ordinary. He has clients at work and told me about one of them. He knows what I do and asked if I would want to reach out to them as a patient. I gave him a card of mine and told him to have the client call me. I am not eager to cold call new patients. The next day, I got a text. Do you know who this is? He called me. We talked. We talked for hours every day for the next week. Again, I had no intention of cheating. My husband, although emotionally not available, was a good husband and a good father. He wanted to have sex. About twice a month, that was completely vanilla, opposite of the whole reason I married a black man. I asked for more for years, trying to spice it up, asking for foreplay to start before I fell asleep, asking for more intimacy, but he could not do so. The neighbor, we'll call him Ron, was far from vanilla. Remember, I had not slept with him. We had not even hung out yet. It was three weeks into us talking that we met up for coffee. He doesn't drink coffee. So, I'm standing in line ordering mine and he calls. He is outside and told me to come get in his car. I got in his car as instructed and we drove to a park. We walked around and talked. Afterwards on the drive home, now back in my car, he insisted I pull over. He got out of his car and tried to kiss me. I pulled back. I was still not wanting an affair. I was not sure what I wanted. Most likely, I just liked the way it felt to be wanted. This did not stop his calls. Several more weeks went by and we met up again. This time by the water. After walking and talking for an hour, I could not take the suspense anymore. I leaned in and kissed him. It was like fireworks. In the town we work in, his office is close to my work. One day, he asked me to come hang out with him and get my work done there. I have some freedom in where I do my work most days of the week. So I said, why not? I had until four o'clock when the kids got out of school. I brought my work to his office and settled down. He had just come from court and was looking amazing in a three-piece suit. He always looked amazing. 
he had brought comfort clothes to change into. He started changing in the office, right in front of me. I could not resist. His body was so amazing. I walked up to him and we started making out. There was so much passion, and before I knew it, we were both naked. We made love for the first time on his couch, the floor, the desk. It was so hot. At first, I felt guilty, but I also felt so alive for the first time in so long. I thought I could use this as a catalyst in my own marriage to supplement the lack of passion and intimacy, but that never works. It just made me pull away from my husband out of guilt or disgust for both what I had done as well as how unkempt my husband had become. We continued seeing each other a few days a week, mostly in his office. After a few trips to the pharmacy for Plan B, we decided it would be best if I got an IUD, seeing as my husband had a vasectomy and I feared getting pregnant again. The sex was so hot and often impromptu. My car, his office, we seldom used protection. He came with me to the OB's office pretending to be my husband. He was hysterical making me, the nurse, and the OB laugh through this process I was dreading. I have a fear of gynecology procedures from past bad experiences. Seeing him be so supportive was even more amazing than the sex. Ron would call me and always started off each conversation with how beautiful I am. When we were together, he would compliment my body, my face, me. He made me feel so special. Things got worse at home. My husband knew something was up. The last time we had sex, he did not look at me. He did not kiss me. I told him I was done. Done with having sex with him. There was no point. I told him I was giving up on the marriage as I was not a priority in it. He was crushed. He finally started going to counseling. He confessed he was dealing with erectile dysfunction for years and that the Viagra gave him horrible headaches. I felt bad for him, but... I knew that this was only adding fuel to my fire for leaving. I mean, I'm still young. I don't want to live a sexless life. If he is taking ED drugs in his 40s, he will be done by 50 or even 60. Ron and my relationship continued to progress. We started working out together every day. We started looking at houses and planning our escape. He makes a lot more money than my husband, and he said things that spoke to me in a very selfish way. I have had a full-time job and two to three part-time jobs for years. I do this so that I can put my kids in private school and cover my bills. My husband pays the house bills and is always pissed that I have large student debt. But I pay for all the kid activities, all healthcare costs, all groceries, and all the things for the house, including in addition, we built a kitchen remodel and every piece of furniture and appliance. Besides working out daily, I'm always working three jobs and caring for the kids and the house. Ron told me he wanted to marry me. He wanted to help me open my own business and wanted me to work only part-time quitting all 
my other jobs. He wanted to take care of me the way a man should, financially and sexually. He says he wants me to have his babies, and I can choose how much to work, if at all. He says he doesn't want me to have to be stressed about finances. He says the right things. Now, he is not perfect. Far from it. I see red flags that scare me. The ones that keep me with my husband and not from running into his arms. He seems to be selfish. His wife drives a 2010 SUV. It's nice, but he has five very expensive sports cars and just bought a new $200,000 truck. I have seen him flip out over her purchasing a $25 gift card for a kid's birthday party. He gets pissed at me for sleeping in the same bed as my husband, for rushing home to feed, play, and bathe my kids. At times, this is all too much. I fear he will want me to put his needs before my own kids. This will never happen. The sex is still amazing. His penis is larger than my husband's, so I am able to have types of orgasms impossible to achieve with my husband. He has a good sex drive. Still not as large as mine, but far better than my husband's, and we typically have sex twice a week since our schedules are very opposite. As I am writing this, I am currently here, stuck, confused. I am so depressed, I cry daily. But I'm not sure if I'm crying because I want it or because I don't. I have these moments where I think I would leave my husband no matter what happens to Ron and I. But then I think about how much I still love my husband. It hurts so bad to think about the pain it will cause him if, when, he finds out. I'm not sure I am in love with Ron as much as I am in love with the idea of an easier life, big house, and mind-blowing sex every day. Okay, I take some of that back. I do want mind-blowing sex every day, but I really do not care about houses. I can never have mind-blowing sex with my husband. With our fighting and the slow decline of our marriage, he has started working out. He has lost weight and he started seeing a therapist. But he still drinks daily and has already started down the path of chronic medical issues. He is 10 years older than me and selfishly, I don't want to have to be his caretaker within 10 years. I want a partner to go do fun things with and be able to have sex on the fly, without medications. I have told my mom and one sister, but I immediately regretted telling my mom. She wants me to stay married no matter what, for the kids. She's been married to my dad for 50 years. Not always happy. They are both good people, but she has been unhappy for years. I don't want to be 70 and be in her situation. My sister thinks I should stay, even though she did something similar and her kids were far better off out of that relationship. I often wish I would have never strayed. I would not have known the passion and vitality that was still inside me. I would have been complacent, being cold and half alive. Now I just feel broken. I don't want to hurt my kids. They did nothing to deserve this. They are the most loving, sweet little babies. I'm not sure how my story will end, but thank you for allowing me a platform to get my story out and my conversation with myself started. Lucy 
Oh, Lucy, thank you so much for sharing. And boy, it sounds like you have a lot to think about. I can honestly say I do understand and relate the concern with the age difference because my late husband was nine years older than me and the Marine that I'm seeing is seven years. And I definitely see, you know, I'm getting older. They're even getting more older. And so it definitely does change. Um, People, body, hormonal things do change for men as well, not just us women. So, uh, Uh, You know, you mentioned a couple of red flags, and those are definitely something you need to keep in your pocket and close to you, because if you're noticing them now, when he's courting you, even though you're married, and he's trying to really get you to become his, um, is it going to change when you get married? Do you think things would change if you were to leave your husband to be with him? And also... To me, you seem like a very, very strong woman, a woman who knows what she wants, and she knows how to get it. And she is very independent. And it sounds to me kind of like maybe this guy Ron might be one of those men that likes to have women. You know what I mean? His wife is, you know, basically bowing down to him, it sounds like it could be. And, you know, we don't know what goes on inside that household. I know that you had mentioned she has gained weight and she's tired, but we don't know how he treats her, you know, is a kept woman, I guess is what I was trying to say earlier. And I hate to see that happen with you, um, especially if you feel like he's not going to be, he's going to want you to depend on him. Um, I would just caution that and really decide if that's going to be something you really want to put at risk is my thought. Um, I'm glad to see that your husband is noticing that he needs to make some changes and he is. And I'm sure you're encouraging him to uh, in his therapy and all of that. I hope he can control his drinking because that does really do a number on a person if they're not careful. Um, Do you think though, do you think if you stay with your husband, you can get back what it is you need from him. Because it sounds like, okay, so partially, it sounds like you have been a person that's been kind of you loved him, and you wanted to be in a relationship and you wanted to get married. And you were hoping that all this commitment and he would be more emotionally available. And even though you got married, you found out he wasn't. I can relate to that as well. My late husband was extremely emotionally unavailable. And I thought if I just, oh, he'll change or I'll get used to it. And you don't. And it gets really, really hard. And um, I didn't step out on him by any means, but it was still something that I think about now and those flags, but I was too much head over heels that I would look beyond because I know as you probably do that we're never going to find that 100% perfect mate. There's always going to be something about that person that drives you crazy. And we can never find that perfect person because I don't think they exist. Um, And so here you are, you've got the affair partner who's married with kids. We don't know what kind of thing is going on over there, nor if he decides to let her know that he's in love with you, and for your husband to find out all of those things. In the past, I've talked about, you know what, if a person is unhappy in a marriage, staying together in marriage for the children is not always the healthiest idea. We think that we'll let our children down. But in all honesty, our children are a lot more observant than we give them credit for. They can see tension. They can see mom and dad aren't happy. 
And as they get older, they will be able to understand once they are in these types of relationships themselves. It's not their fault. It's something that just didn't work between the parents. And so, of course, I wouldn't necessarily say anything about the infidelity. But if you choose to live away from your husband, you and your children, um, you know, you all decide to have a separate family, then I would do it for you. Get away for you. Don't leave him for this guy, Ron. Honestly, I don't think that that would be a good decision at this point in your life. I think you need to find who you are and who you want to be and keep things as healthy as you can in the aspect for the children because you want to show them that mom and dad can get along. And usually when there's infidelity involved, it makes it very difficult for the mom and dad to get along anymore um, just because of all that pain that the uh, betrayed person is feeling and they act out and say bad things. And, you know, you've got it from his wife, you got it from your husband. So I just ask you to consider, you know, in part, possibly too, why you're feeling so you'd written that you're crying and you just don't really know what you're thinking of as far as what to do. Are you crying because you feel guilty? Are you crying because you don't know what to do? You know, those types of things. I think you need to figure this out without a man in your life. I mean, if you want to go do your casual stuff on the side, if you're separated, by all means, but, but find out who Lucy is. Find out what it is she needs because you still need to find happiness in your life. And as hard as it is to make that decision, you only, you, you, you kind of hit it on the head where in 10 years, you don't want to be a caretaker for somebody. You don't want to have to do that. So you need to find out what it is you need in your life and have that hard talk probably with your husband and maybe even with his therapist about the things that you need in your life that will, um, yeah, that's going to make you happy, make him happy, be able to enjoy your life. I know I'm rattling, rattling, rambling. I can't even talk tonight, rambling a lot about it because I'm having a hard time finding in words what to say um, because I, I know that you're not happy in your marriage. And you wrote, you felt broken, and you don't deserve to live in a complacent, being cold, half alive life. You deserve to have the best life possible. And maybe it's just not right with your husband, but I don't honestly think it's right with this guy, Ron, either. I think that there's something better for you out there. If you can't work it out with your husband, find yourself first and find a good partner at a later later time once you figure out what it is you need in your life. Hopefully this helps. Thank you again so much for submitting your story. I appreciate it. Keep in touch. Let me know if things change and just take care of yourself. On Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, I share stories of women who have been unfaithful to their spouse or partner. I give them a safe space to be able to explain what happened and why they chose the direction of infidelity. I also feel it is just as important to understand what the betrayed husband or partner faced when they uncovered the truth. Natasha said when they came back, they found the downstairs neighbor who her co-worker had invited to the party in the house on top of Natasha with her shirt off. All I remember was feeling like I was helpless to protect my wife and that I had no choice but to believe her. This event exposed even more issues between
between Natasha and me, and that until this point, I had neglected to pick up on. Natasha and I had talked about having kids in the past. I personally always had a plan that I wanted to be married with a kid by the age of 25. Natasha always seemed on board with this plan, or at least I thought so. It was right around the time of that first encounter we started trying to have a kid. A few months went by, but still nothing. That's when she put stipulations on things. If you want to have children, we need a house and not an apartment. So I got her a house. If you want to have a child, I need a family-sized SUV. So I got her the SUV. It was around this time that Natasha would meet the person that would ultimately lead to our divorce. To hear bonus stories of the men's discovery of female infidelity in their relationship and have early access to regular episodes ad-free, subscribe to my Patreon by visiting my website, rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. Subscription pledges start as low as $3 a month. Thank you for listening to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Your support of the podcast is truly appreciated. Be sure to visit my website at rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. There, you will find story guides to help form your story, where you can subscribe to Patreon, and an opportunity to vote for the podcast to be in the Hot 50 Countdown for Podcast Magazine. To submit your story, share feedback about the show, or if you have a Let's Ponder suggestion, please email it to rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. Each story is taken into careful consideration, read without judgment, and always anonymous. Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity is written, produced, and edited by me, Rebecca Adams. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Be kind to one another, be kind to yourself, and always remember, no judgment. Goodbye.